pride of Limerick. A young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot. And I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody to episode 183 of the Severe MMA podcast. Today I am joined by the Herb Dean of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald, <laughs> as he returns gloriously to the Severe MMA podcast after four or five weeks away. Graham, how are you? Uh, it's good, it's good. Glorious return. I like the sound of this. This yeah, is good. It is. It, it's going to be very disappointing for them when they actually hear what I have to say. Yeah. Oh, right, let's get straight into it. So what do you have to say? How, how do you reflect on on the scenes in Las Vegas from last week? We might as well get straight into it. No no fannying about here. No foreplay. Well, I actually didn't mean like that. I meant just generally I talk shit, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought, uh, I thought uh, a couple of weeks out, I thought like, oh, this is kind of taking its time to kind of build a hype and like even after the press the first press conference there was there was a talk of it but there wasn't the usual kind of frenzy of messages from random people being like oh should i bet on this should i bet on this or what do you think or how's he looking or there wasn't as much as, as usual but then on the on the day before and or the couple of days before and the thing then the message started coming in and everybody 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 kind of got excited then it was a bit of a, a late bloomer or something in terms of uh uh, casual interest but it, it, it was strong in the end and if the pay-per-view numbers in america at least or north america at least are to, that dave Meltzer is is talking or are, are approximate or or anywhere near then it obviously it obviously people, people maybe weren't weren't uh weren't talking about it weeks out but when the time came to buy the pay-per-view it looks like a lot of people did I'm very surprised you went in that direction. <laughs> that would be the first direction I thought you would have gone in, talking about this fight. So let me take you in the direction. Well, let's talk about the fight first. What did you think of the actual fight? No, you're obviously a big Carl McGregor shield and have been for years and thought he'd win pretty handily and stuff. How did you yeah. see the actual fight going? What are your reflections on it afterwards? Yeah, well, no, like I know I said, I, I was, my prediction was McGregor in the first round, but know, me and you talked a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot about how like you know if if that was my prediction early, too like in fairness <laughs> so yeah. That's editing, yeah but we talked about how if he was to get an early takedown it, it, was, it was bad news yeah and that it probably go the longer it went the, the obviously the the more favor to be but uh, early on like mcgregor did did well in, in the first round for for what like 30 seconds on the feet but his timing didn't seem quite right or something he was just i don't know he's reaching on his punches or i don't know and there was something off and then he went for the knee on the takedown and actually got a really good position on Habib on Habib's first real takedown attempt. And I think I think McGregor didn't trust the position or the position came too easy for him or something. And maybe if it was somebody who wasn't classed as this like top top grappler or wrestler and beast on the ground, that maybe McGregor would have would have fought differently in that position once he kind of had the chance to to flatten Habib out uh, on that first takedown attempt. So I think. I think maybe that played into into McGregor's head. It's, it's obviously hard to know, but I think that, like, say that was a Max Holloway or something, he's taken in that exact position, landed in the exact position. He would have, he would have. I think he would have fought differently in, in that position. Yeah. And that, McGregor usually usually is like you know a nameless, faceless opponent. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I play my game. But I think this is a speculation. He didn't say this to me or anything. But I think I think it might have been a little bit different this time. I think the the kind of whole. This is your kryptonite. This is the worst all matchup for you possibly in the UFC and you know, in your division, even in divisions around you in, in the UFC. So maybe that played in a bit, or maybe it was just maybe it was just a momentary mistake from a guy who usually has makes the, the 
great decisions in, in, in fights and has a really high fight IQ. But maybe it's another case of bad day at the office, or maybe it's a case of this this style is this style of this this fighter is is very, very difficult to overcome and is a horrible matter for him. I think every knew is a horrible matter for him, but maybe Maybe even if he had have made the right decision in that moment, it wouldn't have been any different. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually kind I of good. Pivotal, 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 pivotal moment, though, that, that moment. Yeah. I, like, I think it's good to kind of talk about this a week out again because we've time to reflect and we'll get to the, the, the madness and, and all in a minute. But on the fight itself, like, we usually don't get like a re- week to reflect on and we usually get like a day to reflect on But having reflected on this fight, you know, all my talk beforehand and most uh, people who are analysing this fight beforehand was, you know, the, the three main areas, the striking, the grappling and the in-between bits. And like, we, we thought McGregor would win the striking, which in the third round when there was long periods of striking, he did. We thought Habib would win the grappling, which when it was on the ground, he did. And it was the in-between bits who decided where the fight would go. And I think Habib was kind of given those in-between bits by McGregor, you know, reflecting on the fight. Now... Let's look at how it got to the ground. In the first round, Habib jumped for a takedown from miles across the cage, which McGregor is something McGregor's always talked about that never works against him. Like Chad Mendes, he's always said that about him and other guys as well. But McGregor basically gave him the takedown by throwing that knee. You know, and this is not me saying this afterwards. I said that beforehand that he shouldn't be throwing those knees inside, not against Habib, because all Habib needs to do is get close to you. I thought that was a, a terrible mistake. It was on the ground from after that, and then it was gone. In the, the, the second round, Habib didn't close the distance the way you'd normally think he did to get the takedown. He knocked McGregor down or rattled him anyway, and then McGregor went out of his game and just started punching in the pocket, and Habib took him down easily. The third round, it didn't really get to the ground apart from late. Uh, and in the fourth round in, McGregor just kind of lost himself on the feet, just started throwing wild punches you know, in the pocket without doing his, his go-forward game, and Habib pushed him against the Vince and took him down pretty easily. So, like, we... We never really got to see those in-between bits that decided the fight because McGregor, I, I like reflecting on this, like his performance was was terrible. I thought it was like yeah. it, it was just what and and you said there was it you know was it just a bad day at the office was it a better opponent was it you know nerves or whatever I think it was you know I don't think you can specify to be honest and I like I I, I hate when people actually do that uh, and they do it with, it's not just McGregor's with all fights like I've actually said about McGregor's opponents in, in the past all the time people specifying it not giving him enough credit for being a good fighter and all that like I think it's a combination of everything um but uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree that that pivotal point at the start where he threw that knee, I, he was you know he was doing relatively well on top and all, but that that was a real pivotal point and obviously the knockdown as well, which kind of made him. Uh, it wasn't that he was wary on the feet in the third because it, we, I know there's two two meanings of the word wary, like wary as in thinking about it and then wary as in tired. I think it was more the the wary as in tired bit in the third round, but weary that would be that'd weary. Be weary. Yeah. Ah, but I'm from West Limerick, so that's how we say it down here, but. <laughs> Yeah, like, Limited vocab down there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. there was John Anik said afterwards, and I know you probably can't talk about it too much, but like he said, something happened backstage beforehand and all, and uh, like, what? I'm not asking you was there anything, but like McGregor was prepared for this fight well enough, and he came in there and fought it, you know, as close to hundred percent as he could have on the night. Like, in your opinion, is that is that true? Like, and did he just get beat by the better man on the night? Um. <sighs> It's hard, it's hard to say a lot when they signed an NDA. Um, there's, there's always, there's always injuries in camps. It's just which, how bad they are and stuff like that. Ah, uh, yeah, but I think I'm like sure, everyone I'm, knows I'm that. Sure like, Habib had, yeah, yeah, I'm sure Habib had had the same. Like you know, and McGregor's always had you know, nearly every fighter. If, if you're if you're getting into a fight and you're a guy who doesn't pull out, like a lot of fights, you're you're, you're going to have some kind of injury. But 
I don't think that was what I don't think like you know and in like an injury is just is just routine for these guys like you know if you're down in if you're down in the UCPI and you see the physiotherapist offices people in and out of there all the time all fighters preparing for fights like nobody is 100% going in so I don't think I don't think it's down to that I think it's even though even though the, the, the fight barred the first like 30 seconds didn't go to plan up until the the, the end of the second round mm-hmm. McGregor still had still had his chance he, like Khabib got tired and couldn't get the takedown, and it looked for a minute like it was gonna it was gonna swing the other way. Like it looked like he kind of weathered the storm even. Yeah. But, but he just he just like for for a guy who's so good at taking his openings, he just missed a lot of openings that were given to him. Like Khabib fought, fought brilliantly, but he did give openings. Mm-hmm. And McGregor is a, usually a, a guy that will take them, but he just he just t- his timing or something was off. Like just maybe it was the two years out. Like a boxing contest in between is kind of like you had a what a seven week camp or whatever, but it's not the same. But it's 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 it's, it's obviously better than it's way better than no than two years off completely. But I don't know if that's a fact. It's hard to know. Like after the, I think Luka Jelkic said it to me before. Like and it's an old saying, but it's easy to be the general after the battle. But yeah. I think in this one there there was more open. Like it was it was more of a there was openings missed. Mm-hmm. There was there was openings missed. I think, uh, like I think he did. McGregor did well in the first round to just limit the limit the damage and to to Habib got the takedown, but it wasn't wasn't what Habib usually does on top. You know, I think Habib was maybe a bit wary of posturing up as well because he obviously doesn't want to refresh McGregor on the feet. Like that's not the game plan. But it's hard to know. It it could, it could be a number of factors, or it could just be that. Like it could just be that Habib has his number and we'll we'll beat him again if if they do ever rematch. Yeah, but like, I think I think McGregor will put on. Like I, I think McGregor was off for some reason. I don't know. I don't know what the exact reason was. Like if I yeah, I, and I said that I wouldn't do this a bit ago, but if I had to specify one thing, why Habib won, why McGregor lost, I think it was game planning. You know, John Kavanaugh spoke afterwards about that they were thinking about. You know, tiring Habib out and getting him late, which I think is just a horrendous game plan. I think throwing that knee early, as I've said a hundred times, it was just horrendous game planning. He should never have done that. I think Habib's game plan of, you know, you said McGregor limited the damage in the ground in the first, and he definitely did. But I think Habib's game plan as well was not to go overboard and give McGregor a chance to get yeah, back up. You know, keep him on the ground. Exactly. You know, not not to give him that chance. Lock up those legs like he did unbelievably well. Keep McGregor on the ground. And you, I, I, I watch him back to fight again. I've probably watched it fucking fifteen times at this stage but watching him on the ground at the end of the first he there was the first signs of a little bit of wariness coming there and obviously the second round then he came out you know knocked him down and and did the same again and opened up towards the end of the second round and by that point i think the fight was over because mcgregor once you lose that pop and speed that mcgregor has and we don't even know if he had it because we didn't see him in the first two rounds you know a lot of people talk about ring rust and all but we don't really know if he if ring rust was was there a thing for mcgregor because he didn't get to really fight in the first two rounds at all uh, and uh, you know by the time the third you know i think mcgregor's you know cardio issues are, are undoubted this stage and you know uh, okay you can say Habib laid on top of him for two rounds a hundred percent but if you want to be the top top you know a fighter in the world who's fighting five rounds you need to and you're a knockout artist and you're a striker you need to be able to destroy lads in round three four and five as well if if that you know wrestling is a deficiency in your game so I think that's the level you know if McGregor was a top 15 in the world we could maybe analyze him differently but when he's Talking about you know the top pound for pound fighter in the world standard when you have that ability I think. exactly one hundred percent and you should be as well. 
Um, right, and I I'm sure we get a few more questions about the fight and stuff uh, in a while. What did you think about the the incident afterwards? The Habib jump in the cage, McGregor and one of Habib's teammates getting up on top of the cage. Uh, Habib's teammate trying to pull McGregor by the ankle off the cage. McGregor hitting him a, a bit of a box. Then McGregor getting on the ground, uh, and one fella coming to attack him, and he hit him with a left hand, and then two soccer bunches to the back of the head, and McGregor getting wrestled against the cage, and all being broke up, broken up even. What did you think of that? Um, yeah, it was it wasn't good. Like it's 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 a big moment in 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 the sport. Like if like you know it was projected to be the biggest pay per view of all time, and it looks looks for the UFC, and it looks like it is mm -hmm. from what Dave Meltzer's saying. A lot of eyes on it, a lot of mainstream eyes. Whenever McGregor is involved, it's the, it's the most amount of of mainstream eyes, and it's a big moment. And the ESPN deal is just coming up now, and it, it's a bad look, but. <laughs> At the end of the day, it, it, it was a bit of handbags, really. Like, it wasn't, it like, I think it's a bad look, but I, I think some people are going a bit overboard on it, like, really? to be honest. Who's yeah. going over? MMA people or non-MMA people? Just, I just on Twitter, the reaction on Twitter at the time, people were going, were going berserk, like, but, mm -hmm. like, I thought that, I thought at the time that, like, you know, the official decision hadn't been read, like, this could be, like, a DQ or a no contest or something because of what's going on here. And just the way he was reacting to what people were saying, Dana yeah. and Michigan were saying to him in the cage I, we didn't have sound on in the back like we were just like what are they saying to him why is he we were like is this going to is something happening here like but but um it's MMA like no um it's really like when you win when you win the fight like it's like just take the victory and just there's, there's no need for that like there's just there's no need for it, it, it it's 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 a, it's a terrible look and I think the UFC were were terrible and the commission were terrible and how they all week they like had the Irish crew like McGregor's people locked up in the back and can't go anywhere and can't do anything and and then all of a sudden they didn't in any way secure the, <laughs> the Habib's camp it's just ridiculous like I don't know it's yeah. mad what like you you said you know it was a bit of handbags and stuff I, like Habib jump in the cage and I think everyone has kind of come to a consensus on this now unless you're a fucking idiot which a lot of people are but like what Habib did in the heat of the moment when Dylan Dennis told him to come on to him like look you can understand that there wasn't really that much happening he went to the Finn Balor double foot stomp him kind of half missed Dylan hit him with a bit of a an old dig there and stuff but look when you when you jump out of a cage at a lad that's that's to be expected if it had been broken up there. I think everyone would have been, oh, fuck, you know, they would have got back in the octagon, Habib probably wouldn't have, you know, shook McGregor's hand or anything, he would have had his hand raised, and that would have been that, you know, people would have been given out about it a bit, but it wouldn't have been that much, but I think what came afterwards was toggery, assault, terrible, like, it's not, and, and, you know, people talk about MMA being held to a different standard. I, uh, look, if someone did this in any sport, I think they would be called tugs, and I think it'd be called assault, and I think it'd be right. You know, I think it was fucking. It was terrible. You know, see this happening. in like rugby, like a like a fight breaks out, and people like hit each other in the back of the head and stuff. I know these are mixed martial artists; and they can throw much, much, much better and stronger than than a rugby player. But like you know, this happens in other sports, and I know it's it's like MMA is under the microscope, and it's like especially in Ireland, there's a lot going on. We're trying to get it recognized and stuff, and it's 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 terrible for that, but. MMA is held to a much higher standard. Like, there's fights in soccer, there's fights in rugby, there's fight, like just fights in everything. But MMA should be held to a bigger standard, I'd say, because it's so close to that line. Like, MMA is a thing that, you know, it's it, there's good and bad in MMA. Let's be honest here. Like, it is fighting at the end of the day. I think we sometimes, as MMA fans, and, you know, we've spent years understanding the sport and getting it, but not everyone is, is like that. Not everyone is that. And even us still, I think we should still 
have that understanding that this is actually fighting like and if we want this to be a sport we have to be very very careful you know it can't get past that you know there's that very very thin line between uh you know a sporting contest and assault very thin line when you're talking about mma and when you cross that line it looks terrible it looks absolutely horrendous especially when it's a beaten fighter who you we saw tapping out who was hurt you know and someone coming in and punching him in the back of the head i thought that was disgraceful no I also thought Conor McGregor throwing a dolly at a bus was fucking disgraceful. I thought he should have been banned for a year. I, you know, I thought that the lads with him were disgraceful the way they acted as well. <laughs> and look, those things can be held to account. Like, we spoke about them at, at the time. And, and you spoke about them, I spoke about them, everyone. Things should have been, happened, you know. They, they were brought to court, whatever. But the UFC should have banned them. And we know why, because of the money. And we know why Habib, they're probably not happened to Habib because of the money. Because they were probably want to put on the limit. Because the team does get a ban, it'll be like a three-month or a six-month. And yeah. it'll be basically be nothing. It'll be like, oh yeah, this is how I normally, this is the break I usually take in between fights. Mm-hmm. And... Dana White's like, oh, this is disgraceful. Oh, Dana White's loving this. Like people, yeah, of course, yeah. like he's so he's seeing two, 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 whatever, two, two point five million, whatever it is, pay per views estimates that night. When he, when he's he's like, oh, I haven't even heard the pay per view estimates. I'm so angry. You know, I haven't even asked. Yeah, right, Dana. The first thing you fucking asked is <laughs> that's the first thing you fucking asked, and you yeah. fucking left the fight. The thing but, about um, this, is, the, the thing about this as well, though, is you know people, a lot of people are saying this is not MMA. This is MMA. Let's be honest here. Like it's not all MMA, and maybe MMA is the wrong word. Maybe it's UFC, but it's it's more than UFC as well. Like this is prize fighting at the top of the game. This is what happens. You know, this this has mm. happened for years. This is boxing as well, though. You know, it's, like exactly, boxing yeah. way in. Or it's all it's, it's all like these guys are fiercely competitive, like fighters, like and boxers and rugby players, and like you know they're <laughs> they're not afraid of throwing a dig if if they feel somebody's wrong to them like you know yeah. and i don't think it's mma thing it's just mma guys are better at throwing bunches and things so it's it's more dramatic when it happens it's, it's more it's more handbags when like a ruby guy and or like you know when they get into a fight it's it's messy and it's nobody really gets hurt usually because nobody can really fight yeah but the, the inane like promotion of mma is a lot about like hatred and you know if if if, if this happens yeah, yeah if this happens to a rugby player it's like always heat at the moment. Like it's it's very rarely that there's these guys have hated each other for years and then it comes you know it comes what about up Roy Keaton like you know taking out Avi and yeah. and okay yeah but this like, about is different. Let's talk about fucking MMA. Admits, no, but he, you know but he admits it. You know like it, I'm sure there's loads in rugby where guys and football and boxing where guys are like I'm gonna get this guy when I get a chance. Like, you know I think that that goes on like you know these these guys. But the point about MMA is like. This, this, this sport is built on animosity. This sport is built on... And it has to be. Like, it's... Di- MMA is a different sport to the rest of the sports. Like, uh, um, Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo could hate each other f- all the time. And it doesn't matter before that game. They don't speak about each other much. You know, they probably say, oh, Ronaldo's a great player, Messi's a great player, let's, let's play the game. MMA is not like that. You have to talk shit about people beforehand. We know that. And it's not, I'm not saying, you know, oh, you, you don't know. Cub Swanson doesn't talk shit about people. Yeah, Cub Swanson, how many pay-per-views has he headlined? How, how many uh, pay-per-view boys has, has he sold? Like, that's the reality of it. I'm not, like, I'm not saying that this is good or bad now. I'm just saying what, what the reality GFP? of it is. What about GSP is kind of a... Uh... Yeah, but... Uh, uh, what about Regan? Like, there's always anomalies, like, but GSP. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like, this whole discussion. I, know, I, I, think, I think people act like this is like some kind of, like, um, okay, maybe you're not, but a lot of people are like, this is the most disgraceful thing they've ever seen. It's like, mate, no. 
I'm my whole point is this is MMA like <laughs> this is this has happened in MMA for years and like I'm I'm at a position where the great Gus Johnson the great Gus Johnson yeah, these things happen in MMA <laughs> see here Dominic Cruz's one he was like <laughs> uh, we don't want to condone this or or uh, we don't want to see this but this is MMA <laughs> something something like yeah. that he said but see it, Dominic Cruz actually had I think the best video of it on but he took it down like half an hour after it was a really good angle of it. Well, I don't know why you took it down. Maybe, maybe he was asked to or something. But I don't know. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it turn up online. But I think that was the best angle of the brawl afterwards. That he had. Yeah, I like. I think the weirdest thing about this whole conversation all has been kind of the lack of nuance because, like, all the MMA people seem to, and not all the MMA people, but a, a lot of the MMA people either seem to be saying, "Look, these things happen in MMA. Let Let's move on. It wasn't that bad," or you know, or else you know, McGregor you know people and saying it's the worst thing that's ever happened or whatever and then you have the, the kind of the mainstream people saying you know ufc should be banned this is not a sport this is fucking toggery that's all it is and like both those people are right in a way <laughs> there is an in-between like there is definitely an in-between and i think uh, this is an mma podcast and mma people are listening to it so i want to like that what i'm trying to say here is kind of for mma people we have to understand that uh, you know we we can't you know we're too close to what's the saying again we're too close to the, the trees to see the wood or whatever it is we have to understand that you know we have to understand that mma is very very close to violence it's very very close to that and if we pass that line it looks terrible and it it's not just because these you know you and mckinna and people in the mainstream media are saying it it's because it's the reality of it mma and I'm not just talking about fights afterwards or fights in the cage or whatever. I'm talking about the build-up to it. I'm talking about Dana White allowing, you know, the boss footage to be used. Now, I, 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 he has to use it. But does he have to use it? Like, I, I think he has to use it. That's my opinion. But look at the That's opinion the of everyone else. I, I know, but is that how fights should be promoted? Like, is that the way, you know, is that the way an organization oh. should be run I, I know the truth should be told but should that be the truth like should should there be a fight promoted with that footage should Conor McGregor have never fought in the UFC again should you know should he have been banned for a year should this fight have ever even taken place like that's the conversation people who aren't in the MMA bubble are talking about and like I think that's an interesting conversation they realize, do they not realise that UFC is a private business that is like yeah. do what the fuck they want but but do you, what did have the UFC done since uh, Dana White and Lorenzo Fertitta took over all those years ago? What did they do? What was the first thing they did? They went to the commissions trying to make this the sport, trying to make this legitimate. Remember Rich Franklin on those, you know, on Dr. Phil, Joe Rogan on, on these uh, programs trying to make this a legitimate sport, saying these are, you know, real people calling uh, Lou, um, uh, uh, what's his name, Rich Franklin a school teacher, a maths teacher and everything like that. that it's not, this is something Dana White has pushed all through the years. So this is not just me making this up. This is the way the sport went from, for years and years and years. And now just to turn around and say, oh, it's not a sport, it's a promotion full stop. You can say that, fair enough, but then you can you have to call Dana White a bullshitter and you have to call him out on, on his change of tack. You know, do, do you agree with that? Well, obviously, Dana White is, is a complete bullshitter. Everybody yeah. knows that. Like, <laughs> say whatever whatever he needs to sell the next pay-per-view or to get people to tune into the next fucking F or Fox card or ESPN card or whatever. Like, whatever whatever he thinks is going to sell the most pay-per-views and make the most money is what he's going to do. And that's why that's why he's good at his job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I... Like, it's it really is the... There's this juxtaposition so much in MMA between what's good and what's bad and what's in the middle. And, you know... I, I think you kind of have to embrace the bad in a lot of ways to be an MMA fan. 
but you also yeah, have to, is for, like a large part of the phone. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand as well when you embrace that bad. You have to understand that other people are not going to embrace that bad, and you can't go insane at them for not doing that just because you do it. Now there's a lot of good as well. I'm not saying that. And PT wrote a great article over on on RT.ie, and it came out uh, earlier on today, and he talked about how. MMA and the UFC are not exclusive. They're not the same thing. No, we talked negatively for ages about it, but we have the brilliant, you know, SVG have brilliant um, amateur guys, you know, brilliant, look, look at the likes of Carl Pindred, Ashling Daly, Paddy Hoolan, all those people that came through. Same with Team Rhino, same with the, the clubs down in Cork, same with the clubs up in Ireland, the other clubs in Dublin and Galway and Limerick and everywhere else. There's a great amateur scene here, great, you know, great, oh, well, there was a great amateur scene anyway, and there are great amateur fighters here, great pro, pro fighters that have come out of here who show lots of respect, you know, we have jiu-jitsu and, and kickboxing and everything like that, uh, you know, every couple of weeks or whatever. So there is that as well. And I think that that's the kind of the nuance, and PT's article was brilliant, and hopefully, we, uh, you know, I talked about getting PT on and, and Phil O'Connor again, hopefully we can do it and we can have that nuanced conversation as well. But, like, for, and I think Joe Brawley wrote an article this morning, I haven't read it yet, and you and McKenna wrote articles, and everyone has written articles about how MMA is a joke and a disgrace and all. And, you know, you McKenna, I, I saw in my Twitter mention today, I don't need, he said, I don't need to learn the intricacies of a rear naked choke to, to talk about what happened over in Las Vegas. And like, okay, fair enough, you don't need to, to do it to talk about lads on coke over in Las Vegas. But what you do need to to talk about it or learn about the sport is for the whole sport in general to understand what you know not just the ufc not just mcgregor fans not just mcgregor fights but the whole sport like when he writes an article about conor mcgregor that reflects on the whole sport when we talk about conor mcgregor and when we talk about the sport it reflects on the whole sport that that's the reality of it and like if if you want to be that disingenuous to to only cover one part of the sport and then act like it's not affecting the rest of the sport or the rest of the people involved in the sport or the sport itself in this country is a fucking joke and like well, let's be honest they're, they're writing these articles because they know a large of portion of people will agree with them and click on it and then the people who don't agree with them will click on it and be outraged and quote tweet it and share it on facebook oh look at this disgraceful fucking idiot you and mckenna or whatever they'll say and it'll lead to more clicks and then yeah. their editor's happy and they're happy it's just people get sucked into this bullshit like just because somebody writes an article doesn't mean like you like in the past you you you'd assume that it's actually their opinion but now with people like yeah. unless you respect this person as a as a honest top writer then <laughs> Who knows if what they're saying is what they believe. They're doing what they're accusing Conor McGregor of doing. They're selling stuff on, you know, the hatred, on the, the you know, the, the yeah, jibes, exactly. on all of that. That's what they're doing. <laughs> you yeah, know, it's, it's, similar, yeah. it's, it's, it's the same thing. They're using what he's doing to sell what they're doing. So, you know, it's the same thing. And, you know, <laughs> acting all high and mighty and doing that is, is a bit weird, but... However, um, well, that's typical, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, like, what, what are you supposed to do? But look, these, these things happen in MMA, as I say. Um, it certainly do. Oh, God, there's so much to unpack in this. <laughs> Here we go, anyway. Um, what, what do you think a rematch will happen? What do you think will be next for McGregor and, and Habib? Yeah, I think the rematch, you, you make the rematch. You, you see the pay-per-view by numbers coming in. You see the 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 talk around this. Everybody, Everybody's talking about not not even talking about the fight, but talking about the event more in terms of the, of the brawl afterwards and stuff. But it's all people know who Habib is. That people know people know that he beat McGregor. Like people maybe who who wouldn't have even checked the the results, or maybe wouldn't have wouldn't wouldn't have any interest if they see a mass brawl after after McGregor thing fight. They're, like even if you're not an MMA fan, and wouldn't even watch a 
if you saw oh McGregor knocks Aldo out or whatever, you might you might not watch that, but you're like you're probably going to watch this mass brawl because even if it's you know a cheerleading contest or ice skating contest it is a mass brawl like a lot of people are going to click it and add to that the mcgregor the mcgregor thing and i think i think a lot of people now will, will, will if the rematch gets announced or if the rematch happens whenever it happens i'm sure it's going to happen at some stage like so much money on the table now for everybody involved to be connor dana endeavor mm-hmm. so yeah I, I i think the i think the, the rematch makes the most sense do you think it'll be any you know, McGregor will have you know, you know McGregor will, will have people thinking uh foaming at the mouth thinking thinking that uh um sorry that I have people fucking thinking that he's gonna win and you'll have people saying saying oh it was it was a bad day in the office and people will, will whenever a rematch is like you know when it happens you can even if even if it was a blowout like you know I don't think it was actually like you know it was it was a bad performance from McGregor but there was there was there was things there, like as I said, openings that he didn't exploit that you could you, you could uh, use to, to win in the to to win in the future. You could like if he gets them opportunities again and he's having a he's having a better day or he's more like the McGregor we know in the fight. Then I think he he takes more of them opportunities and maybe even finishes a bit. But even if even if he had been completely blown out and completely squashed and didn't even get a punch off or anything, McGregor would have people foaming at the mouth believing that he was going to win anyway just because he's so good at fight promotion mm-hmm. now you have Habib in the strong position of oh I already like you know I already smashed this guy and smashed his team afterwards and all this stuff and now he's got like you know now, now that he beat Conor he's going off and meeting Putin and it's, it's just a bigger deal now Habib's in a stronger position He like it's, everybody's in a stronger position now like the UFC have better footage to promote the, to promote the rematch now like every, it just makes so much sense to have a rematch like and I think Habib obviously wants to make as much money as he can. Like Dana wants to make as much money as he can. Endeavor, Connor, like, and the rematch is. I think I don't think people are going to be like, oh, I don't want to see this again. Mm-hmm. I think I haven't heard anybody say that. Like sometimes, right after, most of the time, right after a a, a fight, people, some people want the rematch, and other people are like, oh, immediate rematch. We just saw this, you know. But mm-hmm. I don't think I haven't seen that at all. So I think. I think it just makes like who else is he gonna fight? Is he gonna fight Tony Ferguson or he's gonna fight fucking who's he gonna fight? He's gonna fight like the the ADS thing is is there whenever like that. There's no rush on that. The Habib fight is the only one that makes sense. Do you think Habib was thinking that when he jumped the cage? That uh, do, do I want to? I fight? don't think so. No, I don't think so. I think it was. I think he he was angry, but yeah. I I don't know when he looks back and I don't think he'll be like oh I was, wish I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that is true yeah that is true but what about the two he'd lads like, after fuck it. he'd be like fuck it they're not gonna ban me i still got my belt got the <laughs> win pay-per-views fucking through the roof you can keep your two underground or whatever it is the commissioner holding on because he's making fucking two million like when when the pay-per-views when the pay-per-views go that high i'm pretty sure that my understanding of it is the higher the pay-per-view sales the more percent you get like, yeah so it is, it's yeah. like up to a million you get maybe like what like two percent or just completely guessing but like and then if it goes over you get five percent for the the rest over that and it keeps going up the higher it goes and this is yeah. looking like it's blown the biggest it's nearly it's not, not nearly double but it's nearly a million over the the 1.65 uh, previous like, record that McGregor had, so. it's almost the ufc 100 buys over the mcgregor versus mendez buys <laughs> that's what it is yeah, it's almost like, the two they managed together but so I, there's no way they're not yeah. going to try and make this again especially with they have the footage of the 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 bus and they have the footage of the 
the, the brawl, the, the sucker punches and stuff, all that. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's, there's no way they're not making this rematch. Yeah. Like. And that's what MMA is. Let's be honest. That's that's how how it's made. In that. But what about the that's two what people want? That's it, the, you it is, the yeah. fight the people want. Yeah, and it, like that is the reflection on. And I, I hate saying this because it sounds like a dope, but that is kind of a reflection <laughs> on society. Like that's what people do want. That's what people <laughs> will buy. Like, and it's true. Like I hate saying that because it's but it's true. <laughs> well, what? You sound like such an old fogey. I know, yeah. I'm a fucking idiot. I hate myself. But <laughs> what about the two lads that, that attacked McGregor? Do you think they should be thrown out of the UFC and banned? Yeah. It's, it, mm, yeah. Um, probably. Like, I wouldn't be... Like, if they don't get... It's enough. I, 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 I'm not up in arms. I don't care, to be honest. But, like... Mm, uh, what about like nah, I, I suppose the conversation moves to then Habib threatened to leave if Tahugov wasn't <laughs> brought back in well, yeah like, if he's gonna leave that money on the table because his fucking mate he's just uh, fair play to him sticking up for his mate like it's honourable and, and loyal to his mate or whatever but there's no way he's walking away from, from that money after well, how many years in the sport making pittance mm-hmm. yeah I don't see him walking away from that fight. I don't either, but maybe maybe he doesn't have to do that. Maybe Dana White brings him back in. You know, Dana White is fucking light before. I think it'd just look horrendous if he if he did. Like I, I'm the opposite to you. I like I, I think there's a big difference between attacking someone in a cage when you're a licensed corner man when a bug guy has just been beaten and it's under a commission than attacking someone in you know on the street or whatever like McGregor did and yeah. don't get me wrong yeah. now that was fucking horrendous I called for it at the time I said McGregor should be in banned for a year and I stand by that I think what he did was rotten I think him being brought up in front of court and all was 100% right I think it was absolutely disgraceful so don't get me wrong in that but what they also did was disgraceful and the UFC should have taken um, action against McGregor and Artem and whoever else was, was involved in that was that was fighting with the UFC and I think yeah. the shit well, did get pulled for the fight didn't he he did yeah but yeah, like yeah, he he did get pulled for the fight, and like I think Habib should get something similar to that. But I think the those lads who well, Habib, Habib's, Habib's, guy, Habib's guy did get pulled from his art fight as well. I think. Yeah, but yeah, but like, what I'm saying is what they did, soccer bunch McGregor after the contest was over. Like the fight's supposed to end at the fight, you know, and and it didn't. Yeah. Like I I think that's you know I think that's terrible. And I think they they should be gotten rid of. So you you don't think there's any hope that. Habib actually doesn't fight again if the device are brought in. Or, like, what do you think happened? Do you think Dana White will bring him back? Or do you think they won't be brought back and Habib will fight again? Yeah, or do you think Habib will just, never fight again? I think um, mm, something like Dana will be like to, to, to Habib and the lads, like, just let this fucking cool down for a while. We'll bring these guys back when everybody's forgotten about this and moved on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't worry about it there, near me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder what happens, like, if there is a rematch. It'll probably be in Vegas again. Will uh, yeah, you know? Will they bring? Vegas. Will they bring out the the Derek Chisora? Here, actually, do mind that. Oh, this is a question I want to answer, and I think the I, Derek I, Chisora. I, <laughs> the Derek Chisora. Um, do you remember the, the big cage between Chisora and and oh, here, geez. the big fins? Yeah, I think they might need one of them. But here's a question, and I I talked about it in the podcast with Phil, and so many people wouldn't hear heard it because it was on Patreon, but. A lot of people are talking about, you know, this is this is Dagestan, this is Habib Nurmagomedov's, he's a real gangster, and this is gangster shit, and these, you know, my thinking about that is, like, 
if if that was true, then why did Habib Nurmagomedov wait until after the fight, until after his money made? Like Conor McGregor was standing in front of him, handing him whiskey. You know, you know, a lot of people talking about yeah. that being against Islam and against his religion and all. And yeah. McGregor, he's standing beside him talking about it. Uh, yeah, if he's his family, a, yeah, yeah, if he's, he's a real gangster, why didn't he attack him then? And like, yeah, why is the, he's, he's not? He's a fighter. Like. Exactly, that's the answer to that. We know that. Like, he didn't need him. And why McGregor doesn't, you know, hit lads before, when there's a fight made because they want to go in and get made the money and make the fight. And then you know, my argument then is the fight ends at all. And a lot of people say, no, he's a real gangster, doesn't end at all. Well, if he's a real gangster, he would have fucking hit him before the fight if the fight doesn't end at all anyway. You know, <laughs> this is this is just I don't know, and that's what makes me kind of think as well that he did it on purpose because he knew he'd be getting 150 grand to fight Tony Ferguson in his next fight if he didn't somehow get another McGregor fight when it was kind of a blowout in the fight itself. But maybe you know he probably was just going insane. But I, don't I think know. it was just an anger, an anger yeah. thing. Anyway, all right. Any any other final remarks on that, Graham? Any any other uh, inside information for us that happened over in the week? Or any, <laughs> did you meet anyone sound over there? How's Andrew McGahan and how's Dave uh, Fogarty? Uh, McGahan, and yeah, all the lads are good, and uh, um, a couple of lads are off the, on the whiskey tour now, so uh, flying from from state to state, promoting, and I'd say drinking a lot of whiskey. <laughs> but actually, what about that? Like, I noticed I, I, John Cavanaugh did a, an, an interview with, with Ariel there yesterday, and he talked about you know McGregor's going to Houston and Portland and loads of different places. Like, how? And I'm not saying McGregor specifically, or but maybe I am. But like, how that that shit must affect you too. Like that, you know, when you only have like a seven eight week preparation and you're uh, organizing whiskey tours and all this different shit, and you know, and you got you got court cases hanging over you. Exactly. And, yeah. And, like, but yeah, like you got you got your kid on the way, all that stuff. But everybody, everybody has shit going mm-hmm. on. Like I'm sure if Habib was was if we were in Habib's camp, we'd be able to say, oh, this is going on, this is going on, and yeah, you know, somebody in the family is sick or so. You know, so there's always something going yeah, on. Habib's father couldn't get over to the fight and stuff. I'm sure that's yeah, you know, like, him, yeah. this is always things like you know, there's always stuff going on. Like nothing's plain sailing. The, the thing about McGregor though is like he seems to be walking that fine line between a fighter and a celebrity. Like which line is he closer to at this stage? That like if I'm a uh, McGregor fan thinking about that, that's what I'm worried about. Like, mm, well, yeah, but that's how you make money in prize fighting. You become a celebrity, the biggest celebrity you can, and that's what that's how you make money, and that's what the game is about. Like Connor's net, and he was fucking in cage wires. He was talking about wanting to make as much money as he can and get out before he gets brain damage. Like you know, he's. <laughs> These guys know that this is like with well, the guys who understand the game and are successful in this game. They know that it's prize fighting, like and mm-hmm. like you, you, you. Were, I can't remember the name. Some YouTubers or something you were talking about. Uh, the two lads that fought, yeah, um, Logan yeah, Paul and awesome. KSI. You, know, you know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't matter. Like people, like <laughs> like it, just getting people to buy your fight is is the main thing. Hundred mm-hmm, percent. All right, let's move on. We have a few different topics here, and we've we've about 20, 25 minutes left here, so let's touch on a few of these. Eddie Alvarez is on the the verge of signing with One FC. Mm-hmm. What are your What are your thoughts on that, Graham? Uh, back to obscurity, like uh, yeah. Ben Askren himself. At least, at least can make that matchup, I suppose. Um, I don't know what the, I don't know. One FC just they don't have the. They're probably a good promotion, well run and all. I haven't like. There's been some problems with weight cuts and stuff, but uh, like, like even if it is a well-run, great promotion, they just don't have the people don't know what's going on when it's going on. It's on at awkward times. It's not nobody knows what's going on. Like I've never heard anybody who isn't 
even hardcore MMA fans never talk about one FC. Like. Mm-hmm. It's just not really on the radar. Like apart from them four journalists they have writing from them, <laughs> I never heard well, like Grabak Aitman. Yeah. Um, look, there's there's two ways of looking at this, and I think it's like unfortunate that Eddie Alvarez won't be fighting anyone any good apart from Ben Askren, and you know Ben Askren is kind of fighting at kind of middleweight now or something, isn't he? Because they they changed the weight cut and things, and I don't know. So they'll probably fight, but however, we'll have one fight between them, maybe two fights, and that'll be it. And I I really yeah. want to see fun fights between him. But then the second argument is. Eddie Alvarez has been the UFC champion. He's been the the strike force or the Bellator champion or whatever, and he's you know he's he's had a lot of his good fights. Probably coming towards the end of his career now, and let him go over and fight for two years and make a shitload of money and retire into the sunset. You know, and I think both those arguments are fair, and you can have both those thoughts at the same time. And it's you know it's from for me as a like deep down I'm an MMA fan. And I want to see great fights. It's it's saddening for me, but I'm also a human being. And I sound like an old bastard again, but... How um, much is he getting paid? Like, that's the, the big thing. Like, he's, probably getting, uh, he's probably getting more anyway, because he wouldn't be going to them, yeah. you know. Yeah, more, but, like, how much more, you know? True, Maybe another thing is sponsors and stuff as yeah. well. The Reebok thing, like, you know, Eddie Alvarez, he fought Conor McGregor before, as you say, like, former champion, mm-hmm. uh, former strike, or former Bellator champion, like, former Elite XC. You know, he's been around. He's, he's, he's People know him, especially because of the McGregor fight, so... Jeez, like, actually, you know, he's not... He, he, Sorry, uh, thinking about it actually, is Habib Nurmagomedov now is like the the WEC Bellator UFC Cage Warriors Unified Lightweight Champion now, linear, lineal. He owns. Oh, no, actually, he's not. Fly Mayweather is. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. All right, let's <laughs> let's move on. Uh, Daniel Cormier is fighting Derek Lewis at UFC 230, I believe. <laughs> this is I was thinking about this earlier like if if Daniel if Derek Lewis wins this I think it's the biggest upset in sports since Leicester won the Premier League Graham let me throw that straight over to you what do you think of this fight and it's madness isn't it um, I don't know Man United actually winning the game there last week you know down <laughs> we're back we're fucking, I'm, at 2-0 down I was saying Man United are now Liverpool <laughs> yeah you wish you were Liverpool you fucking stayed in Man United at the moment Stop. fuck you know. we're class Absolute joke shot. Zidanean. But anyway, what do you think about DC and Lewis? Sorry, I got about 10 miles away from the yeah, microphone there. Fuck, no. Uh, yeah, like, you're just trying to figure out how Lewis is going to win. Like, you know, he's just yeah. like, he's going to do it, obviously. But, like, how? Like, he's just going to, like, I don't know, some kind of standing back fist or something. Oh, who the fuck knows? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's insane. Did, did, like, we, we actually, like, people think we're joking about Derek Lewis and, like, oh, you're always slacking Derek Lewis. I'm actually fully serious every time I say, like, on paper, there's no way you should win this fight. But yeah. He's, like, He's gonna win by some like we say this for fucking two years. Ever since I started doing this podcast with you, every Derek Lewis fight. Yeah, <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually insane. Like, we're like he's so bad at MMA, but he's gonna win by brutal knockout. Like myself and Potter were talking about it last week, and like we've said it before, he's like he is the best worst fighter in the world ever. Like he has to be pound for pound the greatest worst fighter ever. Hands on his back, like oh my back, hands on his knees, yeah. and then boom, you're dead. Like, it's like what he's the won. Going he's on? won nine of his last ten fights. I like he is not good at MMA. <laughs> don't know how this i i can't answer this i do analysis of fights every week talk breaking them down piece by piece <laughs> and then Derek lewis comes along and he gets the shit beat out of him for fucking 14 minutes and 35 seconds and then he throws one punch and then throws the second one and knocks volkov's clean out volkov i don't know yeah. like he can't beat carmy though can he like he can't beat him 
surely. Just, just like the, the only the thing to do in this is just wait until like the fourth round, and the odds will be like you know he'll have been smashed so badly he'll be like hands mm-hmm. on the back, hands on the knees. Just go in there and bet on him at like a hundred to one and live in market. Yeah, collect your winnings at the end. <laughs> no, I think I think this is this is uh, this is a different level. Like you know, okay, just, he's beating some good heavyweights, but mm-hmm. but this is just no. This no, is. Yeah. He's, he can't. No, he, he can't. can't. He can't. And I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 oh, God. He this is all going to have to jump off. The, uh, how the fuck is he going to pull the one off? Because I know he is bandwagon. He's definitely going to win. He's definitely going to win. Like, I will be watching it being like... Like, I won't be putting any money on Cormier. Put it that way. Like, yeah, but, yeah no. exactly. The, the thing about this as well is, though, like, Cormier was talking about having a broken hand and not being able to fight in this car. Derek Lewis took the most amount of significant strikes in a fight ever before winning last like last week and now three weeks later he's fighting again like should this fight even be being made like this this card has been a shit show altogether and we'll get to Sajara Eubanks in a second but they made Sajara Eubanks <laughs> versus uh, Valentina Shevchenko as the kind of the wasn't the official main event I don't think at any stage although I think someone did say it but everyone reacted to that as if what the fuck is this like <laughs> what's going on here at MSG and in the like this is just a desperation move and it's 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 a very odd one, isn't it? Although I think Derek Lewis deserves a title shot, but on four weeks' notice after taking that many strikes with Daniel Cormier injured, like it's it's very weird, isn't it? Yeah, and even Daniel Cormier is like, oh, I wouldn't take a fight against other people. And he said yeah. something along that, like on this, in, in these circumstances, <laughs> like that kind of shit might come back to bite you in the ass. But I think the level of, of ability is just level of talent, or not talent, but like ability and fight, just fight general fighting ability is just too much, too different. For Derek Lewis, it's time like like Cormier will will be well aware of even if he's fucking on his hands and he's fucking holding his back crying, he's still about to knock you out if you're not careful. So are you fucking choking a dead rat back there? Or what the fuck are you doing? No, I'm just eating some milk for coffee. Fuck's heating milk for coffee. What kind of a fucking prick are you altogether? I never liked you. I really <laughs> Alright, there's there's two tributaries we need to take from from that. So uh one of them is in Yoanni and Jacek versus Shevchenko Valentina Shevchenko now happening after the Sajara Eubanks fight has been called you know That's a good fight. Yeah, yeah, it is a good fight, but you you have to feel a little bit sorry for Eubanks after being given a title fight and then it taken off her again, although she never should have got it in the first place, really, but this is yeah. just this is just the UFC in two thousand eighteen, isn't it? It's just a shit show of falling into fights and falling out of fights and just madness <sighs> ensuing really isn't it yeah it's 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 always a way i remember like dana white was talking about oh 2014 or whatever it was 2015 is the the year of the fucking we can't get a fucking fight without falling apart and it's, like it's every year mm-hmm. it's all the time like guys are fucking kicking and smashing each other in the gym and getting injured and uh, like guys are falling out cars are getting changed around the last minute like it's it's always been the way. Like it's 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 just it's the same as always. I think I don't yeah. think there's much of a difference. And then uh, I think especially the reason why they made this heavyweight fight is Dustin Poirier injured his hip, and is out of the the Nate Diaz fight, which is obviously very very unfortunate. And you know we, we kind of uh, did we talk about that in one of the podcast? I don't know. But anyway, what how much can you say about it? You know that was a fight everyone was looking forward to, and it's unfortunate. Uh, it's it's actually not happening. The the, the weird thing about this though, and I suppose you know. A lot of people were kind of saying, oh, how did Dustin Poirier fail a test or something? Because, and he obviously cleared it up that he didn't release hip afterwards. But like, you know, they've, they've changed this thing. I know you've been away, I know, did you hear or not? But they've changed the USADA thing where they don't announce the failures now. And it's like every time someone gets injured now, they're saying, oh, what did they fail for? Where are they gone? What, you know, what did they do? Which is, 
is a thing that's going to be terrible. And also, uh, my my first reaction to this was like, okay, it's better that people speculate wildly like that though than you accuse an innocent person of okay, not accused, but like you say, oh, potential USADA violation, and yeah. everybody just re- everybody just sees the headline and says, sees whatever the name of the fighter is, and USADA violation. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it was gone it's better far, this yeah. way. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, but my my thing is like, how do you know how long this will last? This will last as long as a champion fails a test. Because when a champion fails a test, and uh, let's say it was John Jones, right? And let's say we're in this position now when John Jones failed that test. And what is he, like 17 months out, with, you know, without fighting? How are they going to keep people from knowing that? How are they going to keep the title on the shelf for 17 months? Like, how is that? That's not going to happen. Like, let, let's say, like, whoever the champion is now, let's say, uh, I don't know, let, who, let's say Graham McDonald becomes the UFC uh, middleweight champion. <laughs> And then he failed the test. Like, do, do you think for a second they're not going to strip the title from you and make Weidman versus Rockhold for the for the the title or whatever? Of course they fucking are. That's only going to last as long as that. Which and like that that's bullshit because you know you have one rule for one and another rule for another. So I don't know. It's this use this whole fucking Usada thing. One, you know, I talked about Ian Kid on Patreon. Didn't he? I'm sick of Usada. I'm sick of drug testing. He's basically washing it. What? Fuck's sake! You you, you want to make a cup of coffee for appro- appro- appropriate time to wash hands. <laughs> exactly, exactly. What a prick. Uh, speaking of Usada and all of that, John Jones is back at UFC two three two. He's fighting Alex. Oh, no, no, sorry, I need I need to go full normal ground and start eating and. Uh, yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, you're fucking as bad as him now, making fucking coffee and so. Yeah, all <laughs> I need to do is just have a fucking a beer and a fucking eat a bunch of sweets. At least you're not on fucking drugs this week again, like you were last week. I made a great joke actually with uh with Jeremy. Oh, did you? Yeah, you sound like my gun. I had a great idea. <laughs> well, I have a great idea. Well. Well, he listens as well, so you you better not say no, that. Of course he does. He's obsessed <laughs> with me. Andrew Gannon loves me. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast, we've just lost this podcast. We need, we need to wrap up this podcast. But John Jones versus Alexander Gustafsson. Like, okay, Daniel Cormier has, well, he hasn't been stripped of his UFC lightweight, light heavyweight title yet, but he will the second the first blown is, is thrown in that Jones Gustafsson fight, <laughs> which, is, which is probably smart when John Jones is fucking fighting. But anyway, I, I think they're right to strip him, to be honest, because he's, he, you know, and it's his own fault because he's the one going with this gimmick of, um, of retirement. So if he says he's going to retire and he's going to fight Derek Lewis and, um, Brock Lesnar next year and he's going to retire and never fight at light heavyweight again And but he's kind of half saying I'm going to fight John Jones at light heavyweight now but this Brock Lesnar fight has already been made like you're pushing and shoving each other in, in the octagon this, this, fight, is, this fight is happening but like I, I know he will and you know he will but if he's keeping up this gimmick saying he's going to retire then he should have the title trip from him if he's, if he's never coming back again like uh, you know McGregor always said he was going to come back again whether you believe that or not um, you know they're the only champ champs I, I know but like whoever else you know would be in the same position to, you know Max Holloway said you know when he was going to fight um, Habib that he was going to go back to featherweight and fight for that and fight for both belts as well like Daniel Cormier has kind of said that but he's also said he's going to retire so I don't think you can give out about him for that but what do, what do you think of this Jones Gustafson fight you looking forward to it yeah I am yeah I think it's, I think I wish Gustafsson would have Gustafsson would have stayed more active. Like it's, yeah. uh, I think people have forgotten about him a bit. Like there was like a bit of momentum building behind him. Like even at like, uh, I remember there was there was uh, some English or somewhere Manoa, didn't anyway. Yeah, yeah, there was some show where he was like a guest fighter, and Connor was also a guest fighter, and like all the fighters walked into the 
walked into the, the or a few fighters walked into the hotel and the fans kind of swarmed over and like okay 90 percent of them went to mcgregor but there was like 10 percent went to gustafson and nobody went to anybody else like he had like you know he wasn't nowhere near mcgregor like but he was he had a bit of a he had a bit of momentum and people were people were like oh he, people who didn't like john jones were like saying to i remember like I, he, it was just after the jones so people were like oh you won that fight man you won that everybody was like you know mm-hmm. everybody was excited about about him but it's just i don't hear anybody talking about him anymore Mm-hmm. Because he's just kind of been out too long, but but like if they promote this right, they have they have great footage from the first fight. It was a very dramatic, good fight. Uh, you can remind people if, with the right promos, and obviously John Jones is <laughs> yeah. he's uh, people know who he is. Okay, for uh, some of the good reasons of of his abilities and his, his stuff he's shown in the octagon, but a lot of people know him. Don't, people either like him or don't like him. I think most people don't like him, but. That will, that will make them kind of jump on the Gustafsson. Oh, this guy beat him before, you know. The, the, the narrative is there for them to be excited about about this. So I think once it comes around, they'll be excited. But I think a little bit too much time has passed for it to be the the huge, huge rematch that it could have been. Yeah, I, I think they can they can build it, but it'll be, it'll be tough. I don't think the UFC are great at doing that. But like I, I think places like us and other places will actually do a better job of building it because... We, we kind of understand how great that fight was and how great it could be again. Just walking around patting yourself on the back all day, Sean, yeah. eh? Listen, <laughs> nobody else will fucking do it, so I might, I might as well. But... Nobody else will do it for a reason, you fucking joker. It's weird, because we, we kind of get taken away from MMA for a while, and, you know, the, the whole wood from the tree shit again. But a lot of people haven't seen that fight. You know, that, that was five years ago. It's, it's hard to believe, but it is. Like, that's almost the whole McGregor era. And how many new fans have come in in that era? Like, someone yeah, was tweeting exactly. me the other day, I've never seen this fight. I'm going to watch it now. I hope it doesn't let me down. And then he said, geez, that was a great fight. So, like, there's probably a good percentage of people listening to this podcast who are really big MMA fans who might have never seen that fight. You know, so yeah. it's... It, 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 like, if those people, after listening to this, go back and watch that fight and like, fuck, I can't wait for them to fight again. You know, I think that that's something that, that, that can happen. But, um... Yeah, ho- look, I'm really looking forward to it. Hopefully, Jones is back to, to his best. Gustafsson, his last couple of performances, I know he hasn't fought that much, but he's been brilliant as well. Like it, In the last five years, Jones has only fought four times, but Gustafsson's only fought five mm-hmm. times, to, you know, to your point. So, I think, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think, I like, I know, I know, like, uh, okay, Gustafsson did really, really well in that fight, but I thought Jones won the fight. I think, I think he won the fight pretty clearly, 48 47. Uh, I remember at the time, I haven't seen it in a long time, obviously, it's five years ago. But I think John Jones underestimated him and uh, completely, like, you know, he was he was out, he was too easy for him. It's still too easy for him, but he was out partying and he's, mm-hmm. he, I don't think he was taking it that seriously. And I think Staffson was fighting regularly at the time. And I think it was a different, it was a different situation. I think, I think John Jones, as long as he looks like he doesn't look like he looked in the OSP fight where he's tense, he's a bit tentative and stuff. I mm-hmm. think as long as he looks like anything like the old John Jones, uh, he'll 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 win that handily enough. To be honest. Before we get to the questions, I don't think we've talked about this yet because you've been away. What did you think of John Jones's? Uh, what's, the, what's, the opposite of, what's the opposite of extended? Uh, sharpened fake, fake man, <laughs> fake man, bullshit man. Yeah, what did you think of that? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I don't know. We're, like this is all alleged. I was away. It's hard to it's hard to keep up when you're don't have internet half the time. Uh, don't be fucking get off the but, fucking fence. No, no, but, no. What I'm gonna say is is uh, some people are saying that oh he, he must have. This is a, people are alleging that he must have uh, ratted people out well, because you fact. don't get this sweet sweetheart deal and all this stuff. And it happens in other sports, and uh, it probably start happening more now in in MMA. But I want uh, what I was thinking about the whole thing is like, okay, who did he rat out, and how many other fighters are going to get 
caught up in this? How many other fighters are using the same guys and are going are going to get stung in this? And mm-hmm. is there going to be a big a, a big announcement where a bunch of fighters get get done or a whole gym gets done or like for them to take take a four year ban and make it a fake one one month ban or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, they must have been he must have given them something juicy, but maybe it's a case of. Oh, we want you to fight here again, and yeah. we we like the UFC because we're 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 kind of in bed with them. Maybe it's that, but it's a very very good deal. So I, you must have given them something good. That's what I was thinking <laughs> the second I heard. It, I was like, you must have given them something juicy. It's one of those two things. It's either you sad as bullshit and they're just letting him off because they want him to fight in the UFC, want him to fight, or else he's giving them or something really good. Be the squealer. And like you know, Malkawa <laughs> and John Jones and loads of people have said a lot of different things since this was uh, released, and a lot of it's been hashtag fake news. Because if you read the document and read what he said, it's it's substantial assistance is what he got the 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 thirty month um, deduction for, and that means he either ratted in another fighter or a coach or something like that. That that's you've no other option. That's it. That's what it is. That's the subsection ten point six point six or something like that. Whatever it is. That's what it is. So he, that's what he did to get that away. And if, if he didn't do that, then you, you sat our crop. There, there are two options you have. Either John Jones ratted someone out or you sat our crop. Two options. Which, pick whichever one you want. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Like, uh, uh, maybe they just believe that John Jones is a really nice guy and, yeah. you know, this is going to be the other character. And... Kevin, Ioli did a, <laughs> Kevin Ioli did an article yesterday saying they, they let him off because they didn't believe he took drugs. I'm like, what? Okay, he got a three month deduction from uh, Dick McLaren. Mac- I, 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 I don't think he even disputed that he took drugs. He just said he didn't do it on purpose. Yeah, it? exactly. Yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like, that, uh, okay, I sorry, I worded that bad. That did he didn't do it on purpose. That he didn't meaningfully do it. And Richard McLaren said that, but Usada never said that. He was an arbiter, uh, you know, wh- who wasn't connected with Usada. He was outside of that, and he only gave him three months off. And it was the thirty months given off by Usada for snitching for that substantial assistance. So, you know, I, I, I like. Those are the facts of the matter. Like this is not, you know, we're not talking here about opinion or anything. That's what happened, and you know, Melky Kawa has come out afterwards and sure, people, talked a people like snitches in MMA, don't they? Chael Sonnen's a beloved figure in MMA. Why? Who did he snitch on? <laughs> Didn't he snitch on all his mates in some real, real tour fucking thing on Harvey Ron? Oh, did he? Oh, Jesus, I don't. know. He like I, went I, to like court and like snitched on everybody. I think my, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, I don't. I don't remember that. My favorite Chael Sonnen line was uh, he was in. Someone asked him. I think it was Ariel asked him was he ever going to run for public office, and he said he did once, and he left the only way anyone should ever leave public office in, in handcuffs. What a great man! God bless Chael Sonnen. Speaking of Chael Sonnen, geez, I nearly forgot it. He, Chael Sonnen fought last night against Fedor Emelianenko, yeah. and we can't watch it because it's built her a fucking joke. But however, yeah, we, we managed to we managed. I to teleported over real quick just to watch it. <laughs> Me too. Myself and you met up in a Dave and Buster's yeah, in New Jersey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, versus Fader was a pretty good fight. I thought it was it was interesting. Ch- uh, Fader knocked him down with the left hook early. Um, Chael tried to take him down a few times. Fader either stopped him or landed on top most of the time. Chael did get a good takedown at one stage, landed on top, landed a bit of ground and bound. Then kind of got his back and tried to do this stupid fucking jujitsu move uh, and landed on top. And then Fader mm. knocked him down again, I believe, and then hit him hard a few times. Nice Chael, Chael kind of gave up and, and won. Yeah. It was. They, they both looked good enough, didn't they? Chael just outsized and Fedor just bigger and harder hitting and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's weird with Chael. Like, you know, if it starts going his way a lot early, he grows in confidence, it seems, when he gets much better. But if, if he gets tired early like that or it starts going wrong early, like, he kind of, like, has a tendency to, to just kind of it just all falls apart very quickly <laughs> you know like the Tito fight he's like he, he goes, he's going for guillotine nearly has it doesn't get it and he's just kind of like oh shit this is over 
Seems um, to me. So uh, I think, I think obviously both guys are, are past their prime and all that stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't, and they're a different weight class. It doesn't say that much. But it, as you said, it was a, it was a fun, it was a fun fight while it lasted, and the kind of fight that you you want to see Fader and you don't want to see him getting getting absolutely smashed by fucking massive heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lee, so yeah. he's um, going to be fighting a light heavyweight in the final in as well, Ryan Bader. I did. Have you? Did you see that fight on Friday night? I didn't manage to see it. No, no. Okay, he's fighting him anyway. Look, look forward to that. I think Bader, Bader, sure, Bader should win that one. But Bader lost to Tito Ortiz that time. I know that was a few years ago, but anything can happen in MMA, and mm-hmm. obviously Bader is dangerous on the feet and on the ground and everywhere. But you think when Bader would have too much for him, like the game moves on so quickly, and Bader, Bader be the ultimate Bellator champ, champ too, wouldn't he? Because he's already light heavyweight <laughs> champion. He'd be the ultimate Bellator champ, champ. But however, um, the night before then as well. Uh, Bader fought the night before. Ion Pascu uh, lost Lorenz Larkin over three rounds. I saw that one. It was, it was a pretty good fight. Larkin won pretty convincingly. But Ion Pascu didn't um, didn't disgrace himself for anything. Obviously fighting out of SPG in Dublin. And Sinead Cavan as well. I didn't see that because, you know, Bellator. Um, but Sinead lost as well. Apparently she was stopped, doctor stoppage in the first round. And I saw a few people saying it was a bad decision by, by a cut. But uh, I didn't see it. You didn't see that, did you hear anyone talking about it or anything? No, I just I, the only thing I saw from Bellator was it was the Chael Fader Fader fight. Oh, yeah. All right, let's get into these questions. Sign up patreon.com forward slash severe and my podcast. Really appreciate everyone who signed up in the last few weeks. We've had a yeah. a big uh, a big boost, and if we get another bit of a big boost, it could it could be a game changer for us. So please, everyone, sign up patreon.com forward slash severe and my podcast. If we you know if we get like a hundred more people. Like this, this is something we could do every day, and we could have daily podcasts. So if you want to see that, and you want to see me talking shit every day on here for your amusement, it's only five a month, the price of a point every month. So sign up if even severemed.com forward slash points will get you there uh, and sign up, please. And thank you, thanks to everyone who has signed up as well. Like, let's answer these questions, and we'll answer the rest of the, the Twitter questions and all that because we've limited time here today over on Patreon. So it'll be the, the Q and A will be up uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, Evan Keevney, do you think Duke and versus Wood will be close, or will it be one sided dom- domination? Do you hear? hear about this fight Daniel Wood against Duke Amon? can't wait for that yeah one. yeah that's a great fight it's just I like the fight but I don't it's, it's strange to match these two guys up at this at this time but maybe because they're from the local well, not the local scene well it is local scene over here um they fought over here in the UK and Ireland in the UK a lot for for Wood and Ireland for Duke and Wa mm-hmm. but uh Mm, like I, I kind of prefer if they didn't fight now, but the, the actual the actual star matchup on the fight should be really good. I don't think it's going to be a domination. I think both guys, both guys are hittable, and both guys like to take chances mm-hmm. in order to land land their hits, and that's kind of why they're hittable. It's it's kind of a, a choice to to risk to risk it. So I think it'll it'll be a really good fight. Maybe it will be a domination for one guy. Well, some guy gets knocked out early or something, or mm-hmm. but uh, I see it being a wild fight and Me too. back and forth and. Maybe both guys hit a knee at one stage. Yeah, I, I think uh, Nathaniel Wood is the tougher guy with great technique, but I think Tom Dukumar probably has the better technique and is, is the better fighter, but toughness tells a lot in MMA, and I'm not saying Nathaniel Wood's a bad fighter or anything, I think he's improving. I just think Tom Dukumar's maybe a little bit further along in his development, but uh, that wouldn't rule him out. I think it's a 50-50 fight. I really, I really don't know who's going to win this one. Really looking forward to it. Do you think, think like, uh, Tanya Woods is making like, more improvements in between fights than Dukin Wall yeah. used to be when he was on the local scene, but doesn't seem to be anymore. He seems to be stuck. He seems to be plateaued. As Maybe he just hasn't got a chance or maybe he's had a couple, couple of injuries or who knows what's been going on. But Tough fights. Though. He, he fought, hasn't been making it. For Cody's yeah. the man who's, you know, who would he be? He beat Algerman Sterling or but something. Even like in, like, yeah. Okay, he's debuted. It's like nerves and stuff, but there's always circumstances around fights. Like There's always mm-hmm. something going on. And 
he was making big improvements when we were watching him on the local scene in Bama and all that, but he doesn't seem to be making them anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, maybe he has, and he just hasn't got a chance to show them. But it'll be interesting to see. Maybe, maybe he's or like some guys. Like he's been in the sport a long time, even though he's very young. Like he's he's not a long time, but he hasn't. He's not new to the sport, so maybe maybe he has kind of plateaued or close to plateaued, and it's it's hard to know. But he's definitely been a bit disappointing in the UFC so far. But um. Maybe maybe them losses will turn out like he goes back and he studies them with his team and he clo- he's been closing gaps and maybe they they will end up being the best thing that ever happened to him. You know, yeah. it's hard to know. It could go either way, but I, I I don't think like oh this is a blowout for either guy. Like this could go either way. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan Keaveney and a few more people asked as well about Fabian Edwards signing for for Bellator and he was uh, announced his release from mm-hmm. Bama. I thought he already had it. No, no, it was only maybe. announced officially last night. Anyway, so a big oh, big signing for him. If you know people haven't heard of him, he's one of the top prospects in the world. So really really looking forward to seeing him. Laurie O'Dwyer. Nah, I never heard him. Never heard of him. Oh, he's your boy. I forgot about that. Jeez, he's the ultimate team, Graham. Actually, isn't he? Jeez, I nearly forgot yeah. about that. Uh, Laurie O'Dwyer. Even before he was an pro, I was looking talking about him. That is true. That is true. Uh, Laurie O'Dwyer asks about um, Eddie Levin and uh, about Tugov as well and said, is it just Dana, Dana White flexing his balls, which is a great thing. Uh, would you worried about, be worried about, uh, is he worried about uh, widening the scent about pay and stuff like that? I don't think he gives a fuck, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think it's anywhere near as complicated as that. Like. No, I think he just sees these things and like, oh yeah, grand or whatever. You know, I don't think he worries too much about him. Uh, Derek Kelly, why did Connor leave it so late to go to Vegas? He did nearly all of his camp at home when he usually is in Vegas weeks beforehand. He talked about that actually, I think it was to was it to Ariel or someone and he just said like it's hard to leave Ireland when you're there and he got out a few weeks before and he's he's been acclimated to it before he spent a lot of time in Vegas and that was kind of his reasoning for it. So you know, and I suppose I suppose it is a shortened camp as well, so that's just, that's probably another thing. And also, Conor McGregor was always late to everything, <laughs> so late to go to yeah. Vegas. So there you go. Um, Don Stickney, do you expect Holloway to make it to the Ortega fight? I love Max and want to see him fight, but would have liked to see him take a year off and recover. If he falls out, who do you think steps in against Ortega? Yeah. It's a tough one. Isn't I don't know. It? I can come back this quick. Oh, I don't know. It depends. Like it's hard to know. We haven't really found out what the fuck happened there, but uh, from everything I've heard, it sounded absolutely fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I don't think this Max Holloway Ortega fight is like make it now or it'll never happen or it'll never sell like it will sound like there's no rush on this I don't know I don't know I don't know if this is I think this is too soon yeah yeah it's hard to know because maybe he's got maybe he's he's grand may, I don't know it's hard to know but uh, I'll be a bit like makes me a little bit uneasy mm-hmm. same here Brian McLaughlin with Joseph Duffy and Gunnar Nelson coming back at the end of the year who would you like to see them fight in their comeback fights how about bo- together fight 165 pounds both fight each other or Gunnar Nelson come down to 155 you know he's a big small belt of weight I don't know like I wouldn't oh, like I'd watch it but like I, I don't know it doesn't really make that much sense yeah Niall McGrath was calling for Conor McGregor versus Joe Duffy the other day I was like what the fuck kind of drugs he must be badly stuck for a fucking interview with Joe Duffy is he but, yeah. he must have ran out of points or something he's looking <laughs> In the pits, I'd actually like to see um, uh, Mark T. Casey versus Joe Duffy. How about that? It'd be very hard for, for I think G. Casey needs needs a uh, bit of a lower ranked opponent, like he needs to kind of build back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Duffy just came off a loss, but he that was James Vick. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know, like, I don't who for Duffy, like Duffy and Gaethje. No, I don't think he's getting someone that high up. Like he was coming out like he's just basically they know that he's just coming in to fucking brawl and it doesn't really matter. <laughs> like I, I just want to see Gaethje, Gaethje fight everybody basically. But 
Yeah, whenever there's a lightweight fight and it's like, oh, I can't think of anyone, I'll get you. Yeah. <laughs> the chicken in there, get the safe option. Yeah. Don Stickney, do you give uh, Tony Ferguson any chance of his back the way Habib plays in guard? No, I, no, I don't. No, I think on the no. feet and with his cardio ability, no. I think Tony Ferguson has a chance, but not on the ground, definitely not. Um, no, Brian he's Harry very hittable, and Pettis' yeah, is. Is deficiency on the feet has always been his hands. He's punching, his kicks are way better. Um, no, Ferguson, but, uh, not, not Pettis, Ferguson. No, I know, but like he he was hitting oh, against Ferguson, Ferguson yeah, yeah, like you know Lando Venado was hitting like mm-hmm. I don't think Tony I don't I don't see what people see in Tony. Maybe I'm wrong. Like I've been wrong before, but I don't see this this top class fighter that people seem to. I don't see him as top class on the ground either. Like I see him as tricky and unorthodox, but like is, is he really like Anthony Pettis? I'd say has more fit, more submission finishes than he does. Actually, uh, I guess no, like. <laughs> I don't know where this comes from. I know it's Eddie Bravo and Joe Rogan going, oh, fucking Tony Ferguson, he's a fucking animal. He fucking doesn't care about surgery. He fucking kicks fucking walls and kicks poles. And, like, and they're a fucking animal. Like, you know, and maybe people just hear that enough and they buy into it. And, you know, like, like, you know what I mean? But, like, I, I, like, look at his fights. I don't see it. Like Tony, Tony Ferguson is your Frank Edgar, really, isn't he? <laughs> well, geez, the mental stick I used to take over Frank Edgar. Yeah. No. I've kind of taken over the mental of being Frank Edgar. I don't know, but these things happen. Brian you used to be like, oh, so you, you and your fucking Frank Edgar thing, and then you yeah. fucking <laughs> give out to me for years about it, and then you fucking just stole the thing. We turned around, yeah, it did turn around. Brian Harrington, did you think Jones can? <laughs> <laughs> do you think Jones can change, or is he destined to fuck up again? People don't change. People don't change. They don't. Uh, M. McLean, what do you make of Dominic Cruz's commentary last week? Thought he was well off during the main event saying when McGregor was trying to get him tired and when he was getting badly beaten in the second. Yeah, I, I love Dominic Cruz. I think he's the best, but, but I think though, like, uh, stopped, if, if, if what Kavanaugh is saying, like, you know, that he was trying to trying to drag it deep, then, like, maybe that's what Dominic Cruz was hinting at. I didn't actually hear because we were in the back and the, yeah. the volume was, like, extremely low and it just, you can hear in the other locker room people scream. Like, you just can't really fucking hear what's going on. Mm-hmm. And when, when I'm watch, when I'm watching the back, and you're not really concentrating on the on the commentary. Like I, I have a way. Like I kind of sometimes zone out the commentary in my head. Like mm-hmm. a lot of times. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was a bit weird because McGregor was getting the shit beat out of him at the end of the second. Like, and he was saying, "Oh, he's just trying to make Habib time." Like, yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, it was a bit weird. It wasn't his best night, to be honest. No, it wasn't his best night. Uh, is it time for Dan to step aside from Sean Dini, the house of tumbling no. cards over? Yeah, I don't know. Who are you going to get in? Like, it's like, oh, the soccer Arsene Wenger for years. It's like, who are you going to get in? It's like, your man's doing a good job. Your man's doing a good job to come in. No, I know, but like, you know, they sacked him when they had somebody, like, people were like, sack him in the middle of last season or the middle of this season or the middle of the season before. Mm -hmm. It's like, nobody's available. Get me to do it. I do it. No, I know, but you know what I mean? Like, you need Mm. sack Dana White and like, what's the the plan then? Or the sack Dana White, okay, yeah, I'm done here. See ya. Oh, you're not gonna? No, you're not gonna put somebody. No, that that wasn't part of my plan. Just like they know what it's about. Owen Heffernan, with the recent chit of bookings at UFC 230, should the UFC change up their model where they do boxing style pay per views uh, and don't have scheduled mandatory pay per view events? Uh, maybe they don't have scheduled mandatory ones well, though. Like they have though. They have one some one a month. No, but they they don't like they don't have to like they can they, like they they could do that if they want. Like they over the years they've had what one every. Every three weeks, was it? Yeah, back in the day. Month, yeah. And they can they, they can change it when they want. Like if they want an extra one, they can put an extra one in. Like the the thirty UFC thirty seven and a half or what was it? So I can't remember what it was yeah. something anyway. They, 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 they can make it if they want. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're not afraid of like if if if, if pull even pulling the card. Like you know, they pulled UFC one fifty one or one fifty or whatever it was fifty two mm-hmm. Jones one. Like when uh when the sport killer wouldn't take the fight. Yeah, and, uh, say, 
for Dan Hibbs? You know, they, they, they have flexibility. They can do what they want. Like, you know, the pay-per-view companies are going to accommodate them if there's, like, you know, pay-per-view is a dying model in pretty much every other sport, like for MMA, where it kind of is a dying mo- model on 99% of fighters, but there's one or two where mm-hmm. where that's, that's a different case. And boxing is the same, one or two where it's a different case, or one where it's a different case. Mm-hmm. Uh, last question here from Ian McLean. He asks about the... Habib punching McGregor in the balls and also McGregor's dirty tactics a lot during the fight. And he also said, uh, he was talking to a few lads from Dublin where people were saying McGregor said it's only business at the end. A lot of people were saying McGregor said it's only kisses, referring to the punches being weak. I don't know if you've heard that. What, what, do, you, what do you think about that? I, I, I always find them things weird because it's hard to know what they're actually saying. But yeah, I don't know. But what, what, what do you think about the, the kind of the dirty tactics? McGregor used a lot of dirty tactics, didn't he? He was holding the glove up under it. I always, say, I always say this. Like, yeah. you, you'd be stupid not to yeah. fail, fail until the ref actually is about to take a point. And sometimes you should even take the point. Yeah, Herb did a terrible right. job because McGregor did so much of it. Like he had his toes in the fence, yeah. he need Habib when he was on the ground, he held the glove, he held the, the shorts. Uh I'm sure there's a couple of things I'm missing, but yeah, it was <laughs> the Herb Dean yeah, probably like, should have done like, You know, like, like you know, like loads of fights like Chad Mendes, like when you have a cut, you're raking the eyes, you're raking the cut. Like yeah, that's sure. just like it's 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 if the rest can let you get away with it, you you, you do it. Like that's mm-hmm. just if you're gonna be taken down and about to be smashed, you grab the cage, keep yourself up and okay, maybe the ref Put you on the ground in a position, but like ninety nine percent of the time he fucking doesn't. So it's within in like ninety nine percent of the time you don't get the point taken. Mm-hmm. So and also when you're when you're McGregor or Habib in this massive fight, you 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 probably know that Herb Dean doesn't want to take any controversial points and be like the the fucking the the, the man who's ridiculed after this by everybody yeah. for fucking it up. So it's a little bit less likely to take a point even in a bigger like if you're just fucking. Cindy Danois against fucking oh, don't. some other Egypt like mm-hmm. and and you're filing constantly people are going like you know there's no way in hell that when Norman Park got a point taken when he drew that fight against Leonardo Santos in Brazil there's no way in hell Herbine's taking a point for a little grab of the shorts like that, that point. There's just they know that everybody knows that that's not happening 100%. all right Thank you, Graham, for joining me again. Thanks to everybody for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, great to have you back. I'm sure everyone else is, is delighted to have you back as well. Okay, I'm enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> These things happen in MMA. There's no UFC event next week, but I believe the week after there is uh, someone who's fighting anyway. So we'll talk about that next week. Keep your questions coming in. Um, send them in to us as well via the phone line, uh, whatever the number is. The number's on our Twitter. Look at our Twitter header, so it's there whenever you want it, or it's in our bio as well on Twitter. Um, and Facebook as well and everywhere else alright everybody thanks for listening and before we go the last thing is the inspirational quote of the week before you can win you have to believe you are worthy I'll see you next Tuesday or Monday or probably Sunday <laughs>